Living in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, Tengu, and Gundam like Yo, can't believe I finally made it, my two re-celebrated Golden Week, hold it down with my show so hey everybody and welcome to the Manga Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, where every single day I bring you the people who are moving Japanese forward as well as teaching Japanese in very unique and interesting ways. This week I'm interviewing my friend Tom from Game Grammar, a YouTube channel that teaches people Japanese language and grammar through things like Pokemon, uh, Legend of Zelda, and I believe like Animal Crossing too, yeah? Yeah, we use Animal Crossing. Right, so he's he's a he's a he's a wonderful Japanese teacher, very very smooth reading. So if you want to have someone that can actually speak Japanese with a fairly honestly wonderfully decent an accent, it's a great resource. They're on YouTube and they post videos fairly often, as well as live streams, which are what kind of pulled me onto this initially. And tell me, you kind of give yourself a little more of a well-rounded interview for the manga state out there. Yeah, so uh, basically, what we do is. It's transformed over the years. It first became something where we were really, really dissecting games and just taking a lot of time. And it's kind of diverging, and it's still in the process of diverging right now. So hopefully as time goes by, you'll see a little more of both sides, where we have, as you mentioned, live streams. Um, and the live streams are more just about, you know, more real experience when you're playing a game, or even, you know, the same skills would apply if you're reading a book or a manga or something like that, right. where... You just have this massive text, and how do you digest all of that all at once? And inevitably, part of that's going to be, you know, there's going to be something you don't know. How do you approach that? There's always looking up the dictionary. You can always have to stop for Google search. But at the same time, um, if you put on the total breaks, total stops, and go full mm -hmm. Google every single time you find something you don't know, right? you're not going to get very far in the game very fast. So it's a little bit about mentally how do you make notes and prepare to look into that later and come back to that and how do you come back to that and really approach it. Um, so a big way I do that with the Pokemon streams is I prepare transcripts of everything in advance mm -hmm. right? and I encourage everyone, you know, I have this transcript, this is all the text from the game because I've already played through this section of the game once, right. I went through it all and I've already studied it, this is out here for you to study too. So, you know, do your own study with this and then we'll come back to the stream and this is what I found out and there's still going to be one or two things maybe that, you know, I wasn't able to find with doing Google searches and stuff like that, which generally means that it's kind of obscure, but sometimes it just means I missed it. Um, you get a little bit yeah. of both. But the basic takeaway is that if you miss one thing, you know, if you're reading eight pages of straight text and you miss, like, one grammar point, that's not the end of the world because no. you've got eight pages of good work that you're doing there, you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other side of it is our shorter, more kind of produced videos where we still do that kind of intense grammar dissection. Right. Where it's really, what is making these tick? And the appeal there is, this is actually what's being used in games, because uh, what's used in games and manga and anime and stuff like that is so different than what's used in, uh, it, used in real life, to be fair, but also used in right. textbooks. So if you're trying to make that transition and use these as study material, or even just enjoy them on your own, it can be a really big hurdle for you. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we prefer using games for that instead of, say, anime or, well, manga would work, I guess, but instead of anime is because you can pause your dialogue in a game and you can just right. kind of sit there and hang on it for a while if you need to. Um, so it makes it more accessible for other people. I think so, it's a little, also more, a little more interactive than manga. Sonya uses that as an initial leeway into learning more Japanese reading. I find that when you're in a game, you're almost seeing more of a conversation most of the time. 
If not, you're at least getting a story scene, kind of see how a dialogue plays out. Particularly with like games like that are more angled towards uh, younger gamers, where they have the kind of the breaks between the words, like you see with Pokemon, for example. Yeah. Where you have like it's the Watashiwa, and then it's the Nani Nani, and then you have the Desk, and they're all separated out, so you can kind of start breaking those apart easier instead of initially where you get these large blocks of text, and you kind of have to figure out where's the word, where's the particle, where's the verb, and you have to figure all that out from you know just context initially for a beginning learner particularly. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um... And a lot of that is obviously coming from, for Pokemon and stuff like that, you know, they don't have the kanji in all the modes, so they just kind of right. separate it out. But even when there are kanji, it's super helpful to be able to see and start your reading and kind of piece it together like that, because you can figure out where words naturally begin and end. Right. And I think it's also fairly fairly useful for people to kind of, I don't know, once they can kind of catch that story, I find it slightly easier than some manga, because they have the long overarching storylines, but with the you at least get some breaks almost with gaming, depending on what you're doing. You learn your Pokemon's move, or if you're playing Legend of Zelda, you can go, you know, get some rupees and fight a monster or two, and you can kind of take a quick little mental break from the 14 kanji that you just accidentally and inaccurately drew on gshow.org, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah. when you have to go through, then you find a kanji that you don't know, how do you, how do you actually end up looking it up? Because you can't just, you know, copy-paste. Yeah, um, that is a tricky thing. So uh, what I usually do is I just, um, I have an app on my phone. So it's actually, the way I do it is a little bit janky. Um, is I've got a Chinese keyboard where you draw the characters on my phone. Oh, wow. And that recognizes the Japanese equivalent most of the time, which I can <laughs> then put into my computer to look up. That's um, awesome. Yeah, there's some other ways that I've played around with. I think the... Google Translate phone app as well, mm -hmm. has a feature where you can take a picture, Yeah, um, which works pretty well most of the time, but I've noticed sometimes on the lower resolution screens, like most of my games, I play, or all the games I stream with uh -huh. are 3DS games, Right. Um, and the lower resolution screen, it has a little bit of a difficulty reading that every once in a while, um, Right. so it's not my preferred method. Gotcha. Have you heard of Yomiwa before? About what? Yomiwa? Yomiwa. Yeah, so Yomiwa is a similar app to the Google Picture. It's a paid app, I believe, on iPhone and as well as Android. And it has a similar function, but I find it reads symbols a little bit better. Last year when I went to Japan, I wanted to make sure I had something. And I actually found it quite useful for reading, you know, like a like a when you go to the museums, they have a little, like, uh, explanations of what A, B, and C is, if I didn't know something. It actually reads fairly well. Huh. That one, and then uh, I use uh, Shirabe quite a bit as well. Yeah. Which... Oh, and it's offline, it says. That's awesome. True. Because uh, the, the dictionary I use right now, the big thing for me is that it was offline because when I lived in Japan, right. um, I did not have cell service because I didn't need it. I was right. mostly at a place that had a phone, but that also meant that if I was using my uh, phone as a dictionary, that any dictionary that was using the internet, like, say, Google's uh, Translate apps and stuff like that, right. it was just kind of no good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the offline is super helpful, just in case you're making a short trip and you don't want to pay for cell service. Like I was, <laughs> you know, I was over there as a, uh, when I was living in Japan, um, I was a student at the time. I didn't have a ton of money. The program I went with paid for my room and board, which is why I was able to go. Right. So, uh, you know, paying the extra cell phone fees, it was an optional thing that I didn't have to do, so I didn't do it. <laughs> right. So where, where did you end up going in Japan? 
Um, I was living out in Saitama Prefecture. Oh, Saitama. Nice. So I was like right in the middle of the Inaka. Yeah. But it was close enough to Tokyo that on the weekends, if there was something going on, I was able to get on the train. And it was about two hours, but, you know, I was able to get on the train and go there. Hey, two hours is better than trying to get from, you know, like Nagano Prefecture, you know, spend four hours on a train to get down there from Nagano Definitely. or something. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> or being up in, you know, Tohoku, way out in the Inaka out there. Just really out there. I had a friend, a gentleman I interviewed on the podcast, Gabriel from Koipo. He lived out in Shikoku for a little while. And uh, you really can't get too much of a big city from Shikoku unless you want to take a ferry and go across the bridge. Say, it's a, I, I looked into it recently. Isn't it like they have four bridges and three ferries that connect it to the mainland? And aside from yeah. that, there's nothing? That's it. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah. What they need to do is just hook the shink on there. If you just like the shink and just like drop in like ones on the corner or something. Just kind of curve around and go into it. Right, just like kind of slice the edge and then just like touch and go. It only be one stop. It takes 14 seconds. I mean, but then again, you know, the thing is traveling on a mag, you know, magnet, magnet filled air or something like that. I don't, I don't understand science, but it, it's, <laughs> the thing's, the thing's insane. Have you, have you ridden the shank before? Yeah. Oh yeah. The thing's insane. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Just goes by in a blink. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So, you you went you went to Japan, but what was your initial interest in Japanese? Was it you know you just wanted to play Pokemon really really bad, and that's why uh, you're teaching it now? Or so it's actually I kind of came from Japanese sort of the opposite direction okay. that a lot of people did, where a lot of people are into the games and anime. Uh, they're into Japan because of the games and anime. Where I'm kind right. of into the games and anime because of Japan. Right. Um, when I was in kindergarten, I went to a school. Um, I was going to a private Christian school at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the teachers were missionaries. So gotcha. each class had, or ex-missionaries, I should say. So a yeah. lot of the teachers had a, sub, a kind of time in their class where we learned about the country they went to. And my kindergarten teacher went to Japan. And I just latched on that for some reason, became obsessed with it. Um, huh. Like, I could count in Japanese at that point. I forgot afterwards, but like, right. so I was like, early speaking the language and stuff like that. Um, and just... Anything that was Japanese, I was ravenously devouring. Um, for some reason, I think my mom had probably told me that like Mulan was coming out that summer, and she's like, "It's about like, you know, like Asian Japanese people. You love that kind of stuff." And I was so excited. I got in the movie theater, and first scene starts, and it's the Great Wall of China, and I was so upset. I was like, <laughs> "This is not Japan. This is China." Like, come on. Um, you know, I mean, Mulan kind of fits all Asia. It's Asian. I know, it's it's Asian, right? That's what you're. That's all. They're all the same anyway, right? Of course. <laughs> um, Mulan's great, though. Not this in Mulan, but when I was a young, hungry Japanophile, it did not satisfy that. Right. Um, but then discovering anime, kind of as a wider thing, um, just really ignited that passion. Um, gotcha. And I got super into it, but there was a lot I could act on. I didn't have Japanese classes at my high school or local community college didn't really offer them right. um, in a way that fit with my schedule, at least. So I wasn't able to engage with any classes until I got to university. Um, and even then, I didn't take them initially. It started kind of as a... Um, I was part of the anime club with a bunch of friends, uh, uh-huh. Davis Anime Club. It was one of the biggest anime clubs in America for quite a while. Wow. Uh, it was enormous. But um, a bunch of my friends... We're taking Japanese there, and we were having a bunch of fun. And I kind of decided one summer there was a course they had. It's a whole first year of Japanese, just 
kind of crammed into like 10 weeks. Oh, wow. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything else, th else this summer. And tuition for the summer program is not that expensive. And right. I need some units anyways. So let's do it. So that kind of started me off. And I only intended to take it for that summer, but I really, really loved it so much that I just kept going with it. Wow. That's really impressive. I mean... When I was when I was a kid, the first thing they got me into was Power Rangers. I was a big Power Ranger kid, mm -hmm. and then uh, fell fell out of for a while. Like I liked some you know basic anime, but I wasn't like crazy crazy into it. But then I I ended up working over there, and then I ended up when I came back kind of similar to you. I came after falling in love with Japan, being over there, meeting people that I care about, having these wonderful experiences in the country. Came back and I was like, well, I, I need to keep this up. I need you know keep contact with these people, and I well, I can't you know call my buddy every day, but I can definitely read some things. That's where I really started getting into the world where I could actually listen and speak and read and use my Japanese back here in the States. So it follows a similar pattern. It's kind of good to see someone that didn't follow the traditional pattern a little bit. Yeah. It's cool. If I had realized that Power Rangers was Japanese when I was a kid, I would have lost my mind. That was, <laughs> that was one of the interesting things is I was more surrounded by Japanese things than I even realized and I just didn't appreciate it at the time. Like, I know I have that uh, Fox Kids dub of Totoro kicking around the house, and I yeah. never put together that that was a Japanese film. So, Yeah, it blew my know. mind, too. I, I remember coming back from Japan and just thinking, wait, that's Japanese, and that's Japanese. It's, it's one yeah. of those, what, what, there's the, it's, uh, I can't remember what that law is called. It's where you, as soon as you do something and notice something, you start seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's definitely yeah. true just in learning Japanese as well. There's, um... There's been so many times where I'm doing the stream and I encounter something like for a Pokemon and I encounter a word or a kind of a grammar point that I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that before at this point, so it must not be that common. I probably don't need to worry about it. But then after I see it, it starts popping up everywhere. Right. And it's like, oh my goodness, I was an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we use that all the time? They use this? Like, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> it's a word they use. No, I, that's how I feel. Like recently, I've been doing a lot of research into onomatopoeic expressions, mm. and I, you know, I thought they were fairly common. You know, when I was in Japan, I hear people say things all the time. Thought it was somewhat yeah. cute. Now that I'm doing research, I'm like, holy smokes, these things are everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely like used as everywhere. Verbs, they're used as adjectives. They're used as nouns in some cases. They're used um, for everything. Like I was really, really impressed. You can, you can, literally, you can tie three onomatopoeias together. And they'll you can not only can you have a whole sentence, but you can you can describe the adjective. The you can have an adjective, a noun, an adverb, and an ad and a verb all together, and just end it with des, and you can have a whole sentence. <laughs> Goodness, it's I mean, Wonderful. if you think I mean think about it, you, there was there was one yesterday. Pika 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 ga gira gira no, and then you were just like hikari ga, and it was like like pika pika and gira gira and gira gira. I was like, what the. What is, how is this? And then I started looking more into it. Recently, I found doing a research into like the ones for the body. Instead of having like uh, pain, for example, um, where it's, we feel we describe the types of pain, the onomatopoeic expressions in Japanese describe the area of pain. Hmm. So where we would say it's a sharp pain in my arm, they would, they would, they have a different onomatopoeia to explain the onomatopoeia, the pain in the arm and inside the arm as opposed to outside the arm. Oh, okay. Which was, I found kind of interesting. Too. Complete tangent. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. It's, uh, oh, I think it was John Green. 
uh, famous young adult author, John Green, yeah. we've talked a lot about in the past year or so, um, about how our language is just very inadequate at describing pain yeah. in general. Um, and it's interesting to see how that transfers across different languages and whether other languages describe it better or whether they just describe it with different terms is something that'd be fun to look at. Yeah. Something I'm not qualified to uh, say one way or the other, though. So, But it's you still have enough of an idea to be able to understand the limitations that we have on our own language and then being able to understand the, the plethora of options that we have in other languages. I was explaining to my father a, a little while ago, um, Japanese, my father doesn't speak any other language, and he was looking at the funny symbols that I was texting on my phone to whomever I was talking to. And he's like, how does that even make sense? And I was like, well, you know, in English, we can say something is dil someone is diligent, but with Japanese, I have more options because I can take the sim all the symbols that have a diligence connotation, and I can combine them together to make different words. So I can say something is nishin, I can say something is kimben, I can say someone is shuchuste hatoraiteru. So I have all these different options to describe diligence. Where in English, my lexicon is extremely limited. Which is very, to me, very, very interesting and just shows the power that the Japanese language has, particularly when it's written down and you can see those funny little symbols. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, kanji are definitely a trip. Uh, what was it? I had a text from a friend a couple weeks ago just talking about how kanji can change everything, but it's kind of going from the opposite side. So he was asking about uh, otona, you know, just like yeah. big person. Um, but he asked me, are you allowed to say dainin as well? Like, big person. I was yeah. like, what? And I was looking at the, like, I had to look it up as dictionaries, and they list it, like, on jisho.org, it lists yes, it. Yes, there. Uh, alternate reading for it, and it's like, I've never seen that before. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I kind of told him, you know, I was like, I've never heard of that, so I would avoid it. But yet again, it's kind of like, um, you know, I've never seen it before. That means it doesn't exist. No, it just means I have yet to start seeing it because I wasn't looking out for it kind of thing, so... Uh, I don't think it's common, though. <laughs> dining, I can't think of a particular instance where I've heard dining. I think it may be like when that particular verb, that particular noun used in when you're talking about like a person of honor for like promotion. Yeah. But outside of that context, I can't think of any situation where you use dining or something like that. But there is cases like that where you either read it. For example, uh, when I lived in Japan, um, we had some people that I that I knew, and they all had the same symbols for their last name. It was Small Valley, but there was Odani, and there was Kotani, and there was also Shodani. And they all used, despite having the exact same symbols, if you didn't ask them explicitly how to read their name, you would have had no idea. Yeah. You would assume they are all had they're either related, but they are because they are all from different areas in Japan, and they had different you know backgrounds. But when they had their names made. They all they chose different readings. Just using different readings. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. But to do a complete segue, we will actually try to jump here into the Japanese portion of the interview. So for anybody that's joining us for the first time doing these Japanese-English interviews, for the first half, what I try to do is I try to interview the person in English to get some of the main points that I want to talk about. And then after that, I try to go into Japanese. Now, we are two guys that have uh, are not native speakers of Japanese. Um, so there will be mistakes made, but I think, um, a great point that was made, um, on one of your live streams is you said, I'm just a guy in California who likes to learn Japanese. Well, I'm just a guy in Utah who likes to learn Japanese as well. So yeah. if we make mistakes, catch those mistakes and try to learn from it. If you are a native speaker, it's a great opportunity to maybe hear what we make mistakes with. 
If you are lower than our level for whatever for whatever reason, this is a great opportunity to try to catch the words that you do know. If you only know wa and des, try to catch wa and des and try to hear it in context. Because yes, if not. you look deeply into your, your podcast here, you can see the nodding from both sides here. But it's a it's an opportunity to it's a great opportunity to learn. And if you are slightly ahead of us, which is most likely because many, many people are, are better than me in Japanese, to be able to see and try to use the vocabulary you may not be familiar with. And if you are, be able to improve it and make sure that you can keep that improving your Because making mistakes is part of the language learning journey. Demo, so there are this, ne, ano Tom san. Ano, yoku, live stream o tosh nihango o shiye teren desu kere demo, do yate sono live stream no tame ni jumbi suren desu ka? うん。あの、準備、準備はね、あの毎日あのお茶をいっぱい飲んでいます。あ、それではライブスリームの前にあのお茶作ります。なるほど。あの、ゆるゆるのお茶だったけど、はい。<笑><笑><笑><笑><
でもカリフォルニア住んでるよかったんじゃないですか、はい、カリフォルニアってなんかいっぱいなんかラーメン屋があるみたいし、うん、もしサンフランシスコとか LA に行ったらもう日本の店なんか例えばダイソーとかあるんじゃないですかもうそれが楽だな僕はユータに住んでる僕はユータ出身じゃないけどユータに今住んでるのであまりなんか一つのラーメン屋しかないんですよすっごい大変ユータってそうユータユータ州ですねアメ,アメリカの砂漠にあるモリン教がいっぱいなところですね、うん、やはり日本人があまりないあユータユータ<笑><笑>はいはいはいはい、ユータです。僕は自称,自称ですか、探しているユータって何<笑>ユータはですね、ユータってユアメリカのユータ州だけではなくてがあるんですよ。ユータってユータのという人の名前も有名です。うん、僕は日本に住んでた間、一人の友達がいて、ユータさん、なんか村田ユータって言った。うん、ユータのままなのって言って。そうだよ、アメリカのユータ人です。で、ユータ人じゃねえだって。<笑>英語もわからないし、ヤンキーだし、お前。<笑>それでさ、あの、多分、トームさんの YouTube チャンネルに興味がある人が、多分なんかポケモンとかビデオゲーなんかテレビゲームに対する興味があるかもしれないですね。ですから、もし、初めてから、日本,が日本語が習いたい人があったらどのゲームが遊べば遊べばいいと思うんですかうんうんあのポケモンがいいあのそれはあの単語と言葉や単語や文法は、はい、大抵簡単ですから、はい、ポケモンポケモンもいいですあ,ーあのはい、他のゲームは、うん、考えている、あの、マリオ RPG は、えー、もう、もう、あの、簡単と言葉使いあ、使って、はい。あの、わかりやすいです。あ、そうなんですか。それでは、はい。あ、なり、あ、いや、そう、そう、<笑>すみません。いい、いい。あの他のはねえっ、ー、とあのゲームクラマーにあの次のゲームやらあゆるゆるのゲームを見て考えてうんどのゲームはいい,ないいかなって思うと思うあの、はい、ゼルダの伝説のあー DS, DS ゲームに考えています、はいはいはい、なるほどはいはい。あの、スイッチ、スイッチやブレスオブザワイルドワイルドより簡単なゲームですから、はい、あの、それも DS のゼルダは、はい、あの、わかりやすいです。なるほど。はいはい。あの、フリガナ持っているゲームもいい。あ、いいですね。ミルさんがフリーガネは何だと分からなかったらフリーガナって漢字の上にある書いてあって書いてあるひらがなですねですからどうやってこの漢字を読むのかたまになんかポケモンとかのどこのゲームなんかファイナルファンタジーとか僕はそんなゲームの中でファイナルファンタジーはちょっと難しいね難しいな
。でも、ホックのゲームは特になんか上級レベルの子供のゲームみた,いみたいなことで、漢字が出てきても、どうやってその漢字を読むのかってなんか書けてあるので、ちょっと読,むす読みやすくなるんですよ。すごい便利だな。あ、そう。あ、もう一度ある。あ、そうですか。はい。もう一つある。あの、安い、安い方が、あの、あ動物の森の携帯ゲーム。はいはいはい、はい。モビルゲーム。はい。あ安いいい。<笑>あの、いっぱいくれてもらってあげて、はい、その言葉を使って、それでは、はい、あ動物の森アニマルクロッシングが、はい、超いいゲームだと思います。ああ、確かにですね、うん。それすごい会社、なんか会社じゃなくて。社会的なゲームだし、普通の会話はやっぱり出てくるんじゃないよかったですね。それでね、あの、もし、その日、そういうなんか日本語のない会人がいて、そういう人がゲームグラウンドに行ってポケモンにしたら、ポケモンの新しいポケモンをサンとムーンを買ってもらって、今遊ぼうとして、でもなんか漢字が出てきて、どうやってこの日本語を勉強すればいいのか、ど,どうやって日本あ、じゃあ、こういうふうに言おう。もし犬のところで、ばっと日本語を全部、一つの言葉でも忘れちゃったら、どうやって初めから日本語を習えばいいと思うんですかゲームを通して。うん、<笑>ああ、知らないんです。<笑>正直。<笑>全部忘れて全部難しそうねそう、うん、これは僕の大胆な質問ですよ僕は毎回尋ねるんだけど誰でもどうやってこれを答えるのかすごい顧問になっちゃうんですよ、うん、困るんだ<笑>あのであの少しずつ、はいえー、進めばあの進めばいいでしょなるほど。でしょ、はい、あのいやそう。<笑>その通りはいいと思いますね。もしなんかゲームを通して、はい、少,し少し進めばもういい,、ねはい、いいね。そうですね。少しずつ毎日知らない単語を調べて、うん、使うように考えてそれからゲームを進んでるながら。僕が言えるように単語を使う文章を作ればよかったですね、本当に。うん。うん。じゃあ、いいですね。そして、僕は次の提案が、もし日本語を習いたいなら、ぜひ、ポケモンを買ってみて、<笑>と言うんだ。それでね、これは多分最後の質問ですけど、大事な質問ですよ。日本たまに僕の聞いてる人たちが
日本語を習いたいんですけど、間違いのが怖いんです。例えばネイティブスピーカーに行って日本語。なんて怖いあの、間違いのが怖いです。間違い、そう。はい。間違えのが怖いので、もしネイティブスピーカー、例えば日本人に話しかけたら、すごい怖くなるんだから、間違いが必要ということがいつも僕は毎回毎回言わずとして伝えるんですよ。どうやって間違いとどうやって知らない単語を解決するんでしょうかうん。あの、間違いは、うん、僕はいつも間違いしています。はい。ですね。みんなは間違いしています。はい。あの、それでは間違いは怖くないことです。あの、うん、間違いは、あ、間違いを、うん、間違って、はい。はい。はい、あの、間違、え<笑>あ、なに、なに、なに、あの、間違いがあれば、はい。それは新しいもんあ新しいことを使ってでしょ、はい、新しいことをして、はい、新しいことをあしようとして、はい、いいね、うん、はいはい、はい、あのそれでは間違いがいいね間違いが怖いけど、うんはい、間違いがあればあの間違いがあればそれは頑張れるのはかしでしょ頑張る証でしょはい。はい。確かにですね。自分の、うん。はい、どうぞ。自分の機嫌を試してるでしょはい。そうです。<笑>うん。あの、間違いは、うん、それは、間違いは,はちょっと、それは、僕のあんまり知らないことだけど、はい。あの、僕はまだ、まだ、はい、やってみろって思うと思うでしょ、はいはい、それは間違い。<笑>うん。そう。そう。それでいいですね。やはり、間違いしないと新しいことを習えないですね。<笑>うん、何も学ばない。ですから、もし何も習わなければ生まれ、生まれてながらにの人間になっちゃう。うん、ですから、皆さん、トムスさんがおっしゃった通りに、間違ってしまっても、そう通して実施の持ち、持ちなさい皆さん。勇気を出し、どうやって解決するか考えなさい。それから、新しいことを習うように、この新しい単語を使う、この間違いを覚えて、それから、もっとより良い日本語スピーカーになれるために頑張りなさい。頑張るしかないんですよ、本当に。はい。<笑>頑張ってみなさん。<笑> Please, everybody, please come by. With that, we will close up this episode. Thank you so much, Tosh, for coming on to the podcast. Again, here he is the game, the grammar, the game grammar. Ah, it's, easy to, it's, it's hard to say, but easy to watch and listen to. He has great lessons on Japanese.、Um, before we head off, is there anything, any way that people, if they want to connect with you, how they will connect with you, Thomas? Yeah.、Um... So, most of it's going through our Twitter game underscore grammar.、Uh-huh. Um, and I try to make sure I'm checking that like every single day. And I've been really busy the past couple weeks, so I haven't been posting things, but I try to post extra little like 
grammar points or, you know, in video games, there's so many things that you can't just do in the live streams because then mm -hmm. the live streams will take like a hundred hours. So there's little extra bits of dialogue that we don't cover in actual games that I'll kind of post on there and say, hey, check this out. Hey, review this. Um, just fun little things. So I try to put extra little tidbits on there. So it's really fun. So that's at game underscore grammar on Twitter. Um, and that's also, you know, I post whenever we're going to do a live stream up there. I post, hey, I put the transcript for the next episode up. So that's all kind of located on Twitter, which I love. And, you know, you can also just tweet at me and I'll answer any questions you've got. Um, doesn't happen too often, but, you know, if you're interested, hey, I'm there. And it's, it's, a, it's another great resource for people that may not necessarily be super interested in having a, uh, a bald guy yell at them about how to do Japanese grammar, having someone who can walk you through a fun game that you already enjoy, that you already probably know a lot of the vocabulary for in English. Um, being able to see that in a game is extremely helpful, particularly when you have a background. In it. I mean, I don't know a person that isn't interested in Pokemon that doesn't have some interest in Japanese in some sense. Mm -hmm. And most of them have the game memorized pat because we played it so many times. And so much of the dialogue is very repetitious, so yes. that definitely helps. It does. <laughs> and so make sure to check him out. I'll put down all the links, including his Twitter and his YouTube and his Patreon, to make sure that people that people that uh, work with his Patreon and become patrons of his page get to put input in, get to choose the next games and some things that he does on there. So it's a great resource if you want to kind of move the dialogue in the direction that you'd like to learn as well. So with that, yeah. as long as... Uh, if you have anything else, any, what would I guess this is one thing I try, I try to do at the very end. For yeah. people who have gumbarooed through the 15 plus minutes of trying to speak, hear two gaijin speak Japanese to each other. Uh, Most Japanese I've spoken in a while. That's usually reading for me these days. So you, you, you do an amazing, an amazing me. job. And uh, what would be the uh, last bit of advice that you'd give a new speaker of Japanese before we go? Um, if you just do it a little bit every single day, you'll make progress. Like you may not be as fast as other people, but that's okay. Cause it's, it, it's something you're interested in. Um, and similarly, don't be ashamed of why you're learning Japanese. I've met so many people who try to hide that they're learning Japanese because they want to understand their anime or their video games or their manga on a different level. And it's like, I mean, if you don't want to learn Japanese for those reasons, that's great. But if those are, that's why you want to learn Japanese, do it. Like don't hide that. Just embrace it. Be yourself. Exactly. You'll get a lot farther. No, amen. Be, being, your, being yourself, as cheesy as it sounds sometimes, like, if you're interested in manga and you want to do manga, that's great. If you want to do a video game, that's awesome. But don't be ashamed of it. I think people are so worried about being branded an onotaku or a weeaboo or something like that. They're too worried about what they actually are interested in. I knew a guy who was, uh, he was one of those, you know, stereotypical A-type personality, played, played football, told me one time, he's like, I really like anime, I can't tell me what he's like, you watch freak. No one cares. Watch anime. No one. It's yeah. cool. Like, but yeah, I I I, I resound that a hundred percent. And thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. All the show notes will be down below. And mina-san, oboe toki nasai. Moshi nihongo de peri-peri nari tai nara machigai ga hitsuyo nan desu desu kara machigai masho. Sore de ja, mata ashita. また明日。<笑><笑><笑>